Thank you for downloading this episode of the Parent Stuff Podcast. I am very excited to have my friend Stephen Knight on today to talk dad to dad about the young kid phase. Their oldest son, Luke, just started kindergarten, and we are just going through in a conversation that we would have at lunch. We have for about 10 years now of talking about life and parenting and figuring it out as we go. I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you have young kids about technology and what you're doing, tips and advice to try to help to make your family better and help you be a better parent, and a lot of things we're doing wrong and being honest about that. So if that's something that interests you, check out this episode. Subscribe to the Parent Stuff Podcast so you get the new episode each week. And I hope these conversations help you as a parent learn some things or be get some recommendations that maybe you hadn't thought of. This whole series, we're talking about technology specifically. It's what we're talking about in my house. It's what a lot of our friends and other parents I've talked to are interested in of figuring out how to use technology better, what it's for, and how to do it as a parent specifically. The book I recommend is The TechWise Family. Highly recommend that you check that out if you're looking for something to read to help you as a parent. It is a great, great resource, and I think you would enjoy it and benefit from it. It's pretty challenging. It's something that makes you think about what we do and why we do what we do with technology. And again, I'll put a link in the show notes here, so if you were looking for that, I would love for you to check it out and enjoy this conversation with Stephen. Subscribe and leave a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. It just helps people to find it, makes it easier to search for, and we thank you for your time today. Subscribe and get the next episode next week. Thanks for downloading this episode. I'm here with another previous guest of the Parent Stuff Podcast, back for season two, one of my very good friends, Stephen Knight. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks for having me back. I really enjoyed it the first time and, and always happy to sit down and talk about parenting or what we're trying. Figuring it out because, Stephen, you and I are very similar phases of life, similar ages, millennial parents with kids. Now, you have entered the world of kindergarten with your oldest, Luke, this year. Nora started kindergarten, my daughter, last year, and it's a whole new world, and we're going to talk some about that today. Yes, it is. So if you're listening is not the phase you're in, I hope you will take pity on us new parents and remember fondly those times when life was simple and everything was easy, but it's not necessarily when you're in the moment when you're trying to figure it out and do it. And that's what we're here to talk about today. This whole season, we're talking about technology specifically, and we'll get some into that. But first of all, Stephen, how has this past year just been for you in general with COVID and raising kids and parenting? Let's talk it out. With COVID... Um you know, it's been a struggle. I think every parent, you know, it's kind of forecasting on the technology side of this conversation. I think every parent's relied more on technology in the last um, 12 months or now 18 uh, than than they ever have before. Um, some things we found are working really well. In <laughs> some, some ways, I don't, we feel like we might have failed ourselves on the technology side. Um, so it, it's been a, it's been a very interesting year, one that, um, breaks my heart in a lot of ways for mm. for our children. I know like my wife is just is a little bit sad every time uh, Luke's kindergarten teacher sends him pictures and he's got his mask on, not that we're anti-maskers but or sure, anything it's a like reality, that, yeah. but you know, she's she's disappointed that his experience isn't the stereotypical um, you know, you know, fun-loving time that 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 my 5-year-old's got to worry about these things called germs out there. So um, it's been a it's been a wild ride and and um, doesn't look like it's getting off track anytime or or on track anytime soon. So yep. So you started the Luke started kindergarten this past August 2021. That's right. Shout out to uh, to Miss Hudnell. She's a simple churcher as that's well. Right. Luke, Jackie. That's right. And um, 
Yeah, he started kindergarten this year, and and wow, what a tough transition. Hmm. I I always I always made fun of people who get who get sad when their kids start school. <laughs> um, and and for the listeners out there that don't know, I mean, Luke is my oldest. Luke, uh, I have two children, Luke and Zoe, three and five. Luke's the older one, and so this is my first foray into school age children. And, um, man, when I would see what I felt like stereotypically was moms getting sad or sentimental or worried, um, I always thought that was so, so foolish. And I am definitely not a, um, I'm not a, I'm not a person that's in touch with my emotions <laughs> by any means. I, I, a lot of people would call me cold or blunt or, or um, matter of fact. When You're an engineer for a living. That's right. Engineer STEM for guy. Living. Everything is just black and white. It's a, we have facts and non-facts. <laughs> and, um, but I have struggled so much with Luke getting into kindergarten. And um, a big portion of that is losing... I think in in my mind, losing primary influence over Mm. over my child. So for his first four, five years, we've had control over almost every aspect of his life. So, um, you know, whether it's what type of daycare he goes to or who he hangs around with, um, what sort of what sort of things he has access to or doesn't have access to has been all very meticulously controlled. Um, and I don't mean in a bad way, but of course, you know, like every parent's going to make sure your your five-year-old doesn't go into a, a, a rated R movie, for instance. Right. right? Now, that's a, maybe an extreme example, but, um, you know, we're finding he's coming home with stories of, of things that he's heard from older kids or... Um, you know, I was thinking the other day, like, my son doesn't know what racism is. Mm. He doesn't know, uh, I don't know that we've ever even referenced someone by the by their skin tone, right? And um, it just breaks my heart. I'm really sad that one day, probably sooner than later, someone's going to tell him that somebody's worth less because of the way they look as opposed to the way you look or the fact that he's coming home talking about stories from older kids who are, and I don't blame the older kids. I mean, if if you're ten years old and you're talking about something dumb, then then you're you know you're it's dumb, not going to affect you like it affects kid. a five year old. Yeah, but to a five year old now, I'm 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 having to to you know fight him on whether or not Pennywise the clown is is a real <laughs> character. So, um, it kills me, man. I, I and and struggling with that and and. Um, I'm not a, I'm not an Enneagram guy, but, um, you know, that's like an Enneagram six kind of thing, right? Warriors. That's not me at all. I'm, I'm the number one surprise, surprise perfectionist. <laughs> and, um, and I, my, my parenting is now imperfect. Well, not that it wasn't perfect, that it was perfect before, but I, I've lost the ability to, to control more, control my, my side of w- whatever perfection is. So. It's killed me. It's it's absolutely it's a tough killing. month. Yes, you're about a month in. It, yes, a month in, and um, you know, just twelve years and eight months left to go. You know, of schooling before he's graduating high school, and then I, 
then he spreads his wings and flies, and I'm probably having another podcast with you talking <laughs> about how, how I used to think it was dumb that old parents uh, uh, crying when their kids go off to college, and, and I'll be saying I was wrong then, too. Well, so. Let's set the date. 2033, <laughs> I think, is when our kids graduate, <laughs> and we'll go and talk about it then. But I do think that sense of control is just a really good way to put it because primary influence was another thing you said that we were able to pretty much guide and discuss what they're watching, what they're seeing, what conversations they have. Literally the only people they know are us. And then you slowly expand that circle. They have play dates or whatever with other kids age appropriate typically. And you have that influence. And that's a great word because realistically we knew in our head that you were going to eventually have to lose that influence or control, right? Mm-hmm. We were not planning on homeschooling. There are people that homeschool, no shots against people that are homeschooling, but they do retain more of that sense of control because they control the environment. <laughs> they have the influence. They're the only ones speaking into them. But now our kids are going out into the world. And I know for me, and I don't know if this has come up and thought for you, but as a Christian, we're sending our kids as a positive influence into the world that we don't want to withdraw and hide under a bushel and put your city on a hill and then hide under a bowl. You don't want to be uninfluential, but there's growing pains and there's cost to that because now Nora, my daughter, Luke, your son, are exposed to the negative things just like they are being positive in the environment that they're in. And so I love hearing, and I'm so thankful for the teachers and administrators and people at Stockwell where we go to school, that Nora's a great kid and she's doing this. And other moms will say that their kid talks about Nora, and that's the plus side of it. But the cost of that is, like you said, a loss of innocence, a l- exposure to other things, and it's only going to get worse, right? right? We're only going the other direction. So there is a mourning, I think, and you being honest and transparent to talk about that, a lot of dads either don't or I think check out or don't want to know, right? Mm-hmm. If we can just pretend everything's fine and push it under the rug and not deal with it and don't ask those questions or listen to them about things that they're scared of, what they're being exposed to, it's ignorance is bliss, Versus trying to be a good parent, a good father. I know I relate to you on that. We have these conversations at lunch, and I appreciate you sharing it with other people now listening. But it is a real thing of where we're at, and I very much think that we need to be the ones that are having those conversations, that are bringing up the hard topics, because we want our kids to hear it from us. Mm-hmm. We don't want their influence of racism to be what some kid makes a joke on the playground of who knows what they believe, what their parents have said. But it's hard, right. <laughs> and it's more exhausting. And uh, we talk with Paul and Stacey Reese, another parent, on an episode of Parent Stuff coming up, and they talk about intentionality a lot, that you have to be intentional in what you're doing. You're not always going to get it right, but if you're intentional, you're going to set yourself up to have those conversations to discuss difficult things. And even though it might not be what you want to do and you veg out and watch a football game or go get on your phone and ignore your kids for an hour while they're on the iPad, it's it's part of it, and I think – this generation, our generation of parents, we're trying to figure that out and maybe a little better equipped than generations past to talk about those things. Speaking of intentionality, I mean, this this phase in the last month, it, it, it seems like, you know, in, in the last five years of being a parent, you know, we have we have periods where we where we have to really think hard about what to do about a situation. And then and then things kind of subside. You mean you, you run, you get into a groove and ebbs and, and flows. And then you're challenged with something new. And this is definitely a, a very you know, different challenge for us. And, um, you know, my wife, Angie and I have, have tried to be intentional and, and, and sat down and, and had some late conversations over, you know, what are we going to do and how are we going to, how are we going to, um, combat this? Uh, have, have segueing a little bit, yeah. have you ever thought about, uh, or, or 
for those viewers, maybe you've heard of the five love languages. Absolutely. Have you ever thought about the five or what your children's love languages might be? Oh, so the five love languages, a guy named Dr. Gary Chapman. I do this with all premarital counseling. We do it with couples that we're trying to help and do. I think it's really important. So the ones off the top of my head I remember are words of affirmation, quality time, um, acts of service, gifts, and physical touch. That's right. So, thank you. Top of my head. Yeah. I wasn't even prepared for that. So, <laughs> my kids, I think Nora, the six-year-old, is, v- I think she's probably more quality time like her mom. I think she wants to be around. She wants to come and sit in our lap or be close and show us what she's watching or playing and come do this with me and be with me versus Eliza, who's three, obviously still adjusting doing that, I think is more of... Um, Maybe physical touch. of She likes to wrestle or go play, or she's a little more rough around the edges and do that. And she doesn't really care if you're in the room or not until she wants to do something, and then she comes back and wants to be, hold me, hold me, hold me. Right. How about you? What do you think your kids? Well, Zoe, for sure, um, my three-year-old, she's physical touch. That sweet baby. I mean, I've never seen a three-year-old that just <laughs> wants to hold your hand so much. I mean, you know, I spend so much time just holding her hand she's she's addicted to it she has me hold her stuffed animals hands and all that sort of stuff love it just real quick pause on that we have a life group we do a married life group you're in our life group you've been a long time we had a pool party for the kickoff of life group and zoe wanted to be on your shoulders and eliza's the exact same way eliza wants me to literally carry her and put her and hold her everywhere we go and i was laughing because you were trying to adjust and (laughs) balance a three-year-old on your head while you're doing the other stuff in the pool exactly so uh luke is quality time for sure and and you know speaking of that pool party you know, I'm very proud of my son. We were working on him learning how to swim. He, he successfully swam. I'm not above bribing him, and we did bribe him to uh, swim across the pool. And, and I'll have to ask Perry about that next time, about the health and conscious <laughs> of bribing, but it, it works. Dang it, it. It got the job done. <laughs> we went to Target that night and, um, you know, bought him a, a relatively expensive for him toy. And, um, y- you know, he, you would think of a five-year-old, that's all they want with a toy, but he's dying to have us play with his toy mm. with him you know? right so he's quality time for sure and where i'm segueing into this um you know our, our problems with losing primary influence and, and what angie and i sat down and it, it was it was kind of a, a eureka light bulb or at least it's the, the strategy we're trying right now is is you know i i don't have the time we're not ever going to have the time. The amount of time he spends at school with uh, other negative influences or, or his before and after school care with uh, um, – and I'm not saying they're all negative influences right. by any means. But but, there, know, but there's the, more of a risk. The select few um, that he's now around that I don't have any control over, I, I can't win that time battle. I mean, five days a week I see my kids for two hours and half of that time, you know, before they go to bed, that is. Right. And, and half that time I'm, I'm busy doing chores or, or trying to attend to other things. But what Angie and I decided is we've got to win the quality time battle with him. Hmm. So I, I don't know what those things are yet, but, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to focus more than ever on saying, hey, this is what this kid loves. This is what's important to this kid. And this is how we're going to try to start speaking into them because I just can't win the the quantity. Battle. I can't. Yeah, I don't have enough quantity to give to them, and that, you know, sadly is is never going to change for me. Or, or you know, cats in the cradle. It might by the time that I'm retired, but then, <laughs> then a long time he's going to be our age, right? And, you know, talking to his therapist or something. But, <laughs> um, so so yeah, we we put a lot of thought into what our kids' love languages are, might be, and and um, 
you know, hopefully that's going to be one key to getting us through this hump. That's right. And some older parents down the road might be laughing, remembering how <laughs> easy it was in kindergarten. And, oh, my gosh, you can't wait to eat the teenage years. Exactly. But every phase has its own challenges. We're both there right now, and that's why I appreciate getting to talk to you, Stephen, because it's just therapeutic for me to be able to commiserate with another dad going through it. You're not as bad as, <laughs> as some other guy, right? That's right. We can just compare notes. <laughs> and another point you brought up, too, is our wives are both awesome. They're probably way better at parenting than we are. I'm going to just go ahead and Far say that better. for sure. But you guys are stuck listening us so we're gonna process this out because they are smarter enough to not go on a podcast and do other stuff so technology steven is kind of this underlying theme we are millennials i'm 34 you're 33 33 33 that's what i thought so one year younger than me Mm -hmm. and so we grew up in a world that i still remember getting a computer for the first time when i was five i remember dial-up internet it's changed a lot in our lifetime Our kids now are inundated. They're digital natives is the term that Barna likes to use. I really like in a book called TechWise Parenting that their whole life now is immersed in the Internet and technology. It's been around, and we have to be the first generation to really figure that out. (laughs) We paved the way, and they're going to do case studies and all kinds of things about us and how we messed up our kids in technology one day. But it's a it's a broad, overwhelming topic, and I sent it to you just in general. What are your thoughts right now about technology in your house? It is a love-hate relationship with it. On on one hand, you know, technology is great, right? Who doesn't love, uh, you know, constantly having access to Google or that song that you heard on the radio or, or I mean, geez, my favorite feature of all technology is just asking Siri what song's playing on the radio right now. Right. I mean, remember the days where you had to... You had to go weeks of just trying to figure out, hoping you could catch the DJ saying the name or artist of that song before you figured it out. That is unbelievable how different it is now. (laughs) (laughs) I remember still trying to record things on a cassette tape when you'd catch it on the radio. My mom was really good at it. would make mixtapes of stuff she recorded on the radio because she'd want to buy the CD or the cassette. Been there. I've been there. So, you know, I'm I'm not a technology basher by any means, but um, it is starkly different from technology when I was growing up or, or when I was a kid, we we did not have any of, of the same things until I was probably a teenager yeah. um, that, that my kids are constantly um, inundated with and surrounded with. And now it's part of their curriculum as well. You know? Right. I mean, my, my wife's a kindergarten teacher and, and they have class sets of iPads that they manipulate. So, um, crazy world out there (laughs) it really is and that's what we're trying to help parents right now that are going through it that are trying to figure it out this book i've mentioned a couple times TechWise family is a great read if you're a parent struggling with technology you're looking for something guy named andy crouch who's actually the editor of christianity today wrote this book about his daughter who was in college at that point that had grown up and kind of gone through it and all the stuff that he did. And I read it a couple years ago and got really convicted. And then you just kind of slack off and let it slide again (laughs) and picked it back up and we talk about doing this podcast again. And I was like, man, it is so easy to short-term gain by using it as a pacifier, as a way to do it. I am failing in this at times. There's times we're good about it. And it's just constantly where that line is. And I think now, too, our kids, my kids, start to expect it. And so then it's a it's a battle of, well, you let me have the iPad the other day. Why can't I have it now? I was like, I don't want to go and do a board game because I know this lure of 
the iPad or time on a screen or watching something's out there. And now you're competing constantly for their attention and trying to find it. And honestly, we went swimming a lot this summer because that was something they enjoyed and wanted to do that got them off screens. We're playing soccer right now because it's something they want to enjoy, get outside, not do a screen. So I am the world's biggest technology fan. I totally see myself in them and the addiction of looking at screens and wanting to be on stuff and constantly inundated with it because that's how I am. I would wake up early before school because my mom said if I got ready for school, I could play video games. And I would get up at 5, 5 30 in the morning, go get dressed and play video games for an hour before school because that was the incentive and it got out of control, right? That you can have these appetites, these addictions, a strong word, but it is this wiring of we want this thing that will never satisfy. It will never be enough. And at what trade-off is there using that in the short term for the long-term benefit or gain? And being a middle school pastor, being a high school pastor now for 11 years, I worked through students and watching them grow up with it. There's a lot of anxiety in real life, of fear of being able to talk to people. There's a lot of parents that are very anxious and stressed about their kids having life skills. But at the flip side of that, there's a lot of kids that are being video game programmers now we know that are using the technology skills they had to go and find careers and do things that weren't possible before. And I'm definitely pro-technology, but having these conversations and eating lunch with you and trying to help parents of... What are the things you're actually doing in your house to help your kid when it comes to technology? So, Stephen, lob that back over to you. Great question. So, um, one of the things you mentioned just just a second ago was how you know your kids are struggling sometimes with you know I got to play the iPad yesterday, but didn't but I don't get to do it today. And, right. And to to kind of help. What we don't want to do is be inconsistent as parents, right? right. I, I want our kids to to know the rules, to understand, um, to be able to to manage them themselves. Um, so one of the great things that, that I, once again, you've talked about how smart our wives are. This, mm-hmm. All the credit goes to Angie in this sense. Um, but we have a, a little bucket of beads is what it is. And, and each bead represents... Uh, I think 20 minutes on a technology device, whether it's their iPad, whether it's um, Luke has gotten very much into the Wii lately. Nice. Um, You know, whether it's watching uh, um, a movie on their own. I mean, like a family movie night wouldn't count towards that. But but certainly um, if they want to do something on a screen, they have their own beads. and, And every week they get a certain number of beads that's set by the parent. And it's up to them to decide whether or not they want to to use a, a bead for that. So they get, you know, when, when Luke wants to play the Wii, he has to take one of his beads and put it into a bucket and, and he gets 20 minutes on the iPad. And, and here's what I like about, about that system. Um, number one, it is self-managed. Right. Uh, we still have our we still have the normal rules. Right. You can't do it at midnight. Sure. All right. When, when it's bedtime, it's bedtime. When if your room's not clean, you're not you're not, you know, using a bead or, or uh, by all means, this doesn't mean that the kid rules the house. But, right. But it is a way for us as parents to say, you know, geez, you spent all day on that iPad yesterday or all day on, on that video game system yesterday. And I think you've had enough for the week. Well, you, I don't have to tell him that because he's going to go look in his bead jar and realize that all of, They're his, spent. All of his beads <laughs> are spent. And, um, 
And I, I love empowering my kids to be able to make those decisions. I mean, the, the last podcast that you had me as a guest on was about kids with money. And it's a lot of the same, a lot of the same concepts there of, hey, you, you've got this resource and it can help you, but it's also a diminishing resource. My you, dollars. <laughs> yeah, your, your dollars in this case, or, or, or in, the, in the previous podcast, it was about dollars. And in this podcast, it's about, it's about time with technology. So um, that's working. We, we've been doing that for a couple of months now, and, it, and it's working um, uh, really well. We don't, we don't have as many whiny arguments about whether or not you can or can't get on uh, uh, the iPad or, or the television or whatever lately. He's able to manage that for himself, and, and as long as they understand the rules of you know, bedtime's bedtime. You have to be responsible with it. Um, one of the things, you know, with the with the Wii that we can't, the Wii is physical, right? Right. You know, you have discs and you have controllers and you have things that need to be put away. Well, um, if he's not responsibly using that, then then we we send him to timeout. But his timeout is part of that twenty minutes, right? Mm. So if he has to go to timeout for five minutes, then then you're you're losing five of your twenty, which is which is significant. Significant in yeah. that case, and and um, as a guy that likes to compartmentalize and 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 keep things together, I like that the technology punishments come out of his technology budget, for for lack of a better term. So um, we've been working on that lately a lot. That's great. Um, another one that we did is is. You know, my son, being five, doesn't know how to read yet. He's, he's changed quickly. This pretty year. darn good at at reading words and sounding things out. But you know, as far as I know, it still looks like hieroglyphics on a screen to him. But you know what he can read? What's that? He can read the rating on Netflix, TVY, TVY seven, all of those. We we taught him to read ratings on on Netflix, so he knows that. The only shows he's allowed to watch are, sh- are watch that shows that have TVY on them, and uh, which is not that many. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> thanks a lot Netflix. Um, but you know, we 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 felt like that was important. Yeah. Um, another great rule that that we have, and I highly recommend this to all parents who have an iPad or, or their kids have a subscription to netflix or or disney plus or plus or whatever it is is um, regardless of what the rating is i don't care if it's y7 or pg13 or y um any new show any new show period they have to come and ask us if they can watch it so uh, it, it can be barney for all i care um my kids have been taught that if if you're watching a new show you have to come and ask mom and dad if you can watch that show first, um, that's paid some dividends. But <laughs> let me tell you what, because um, they, they, you know, they, they, they their fingers slip sometime, or, or there's a there's some show with a catchy image, um, image trailer on the front. It, it, you know, I mean, it could be Family Guy for all I care. It looks like a cartoon, <laughs> or The Simpsons, right? Or, or South Park. All of those things to a five-year-old look like really fun shows, and and um, they're definitely not appropriate, right? Um, and and it's tough sometimes to to have to get onto your child for correctly picking a a, a children's show, but 
they didn't come and ask you first about it. So it, it does take some discipline on the parent side of, of having to say, hey, you know, this is an okay show, but you didn't come ask me about it. And so now we're going to have to, we're going to have to address that somehow. So. No, that's next level. That's really good. So for us in our house, we set the settings for Netflix and Disney plus to be the lowest settings. So it is, I think Y seven is the lowest it'll go, which is just interesting that I'd not even thought about the rating system. That's a really good point. But for us, it's trying to go and say, okay, this is what you're allowed to watch on here in this time. And then if you are watching these things, we're going to check and see what you watch and we want you to watch things that you think are good. And so we've had some of those conversations, but not as intentional as you guys, and that's a good... Well, you know, to your credit, we're just not that smart to set up parental right. control. <laughs> there you there go. I, I thought I was... Wi we got them a couple of uh, Android tablets yeah. for Christmas, and I thought I was wise because I deleted every single app off of the Android tablet except for, you know, Netflix and, and uh, you know, some, some child children-appropriate games. and Right. And um, I thought I was doing great, but, you know, there's still a Google search bar that's still attached to the Internet. Right. So uh, we've definitely had some some interesting things accidentally get get looked up or, or whatnot. Nothing catastrophic. Sure. We couldn't explain away. But yeah. Um, so we have an Amazon Fire tablet designed for kids, and one of the things I really like about it is it does not have a web browser. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the reasons Mallory's grandma, I think, got, or Mallory's grandma, their grandma, Mallory's mom, was going to get them something, and I helped kind of guide that conversation of this is what we want because they can download their stuff. It's in that store of whatever options are that age appropriate, I think, is wise, whatever it is, but they can't go and just search the internet. It only will download the books, games, and stuff in the Amazon Fire library that's for kids. I definitely think that's our next step um, as, as like I said, Luke is now beginning to learn how to read, and, and um, the, the search bar becomes more dangerous sure. when he can actually type anything in there. And accidental is a great one. I think I told the story last time on one of the episodes, but Nora, last year at five, accidentally stumbled on some zombie cartoon and it was YouTube. It was YouTube Kids, but it was whatever it was rated. It was just kind of scary. There was blood on the screen when the zombie did something, and she got freaked out about it, and then Mallory got upset because, we, what are we watching? And we kind of re-cracked down on all the child limits because you don't want them to accidentally see something they can't unsee, mm -hmm. and you don't want them to go through. And like you said, we lose primary influence and control over a lot of things, but you can, for the most part, set up and be as protected as possible <laughs> with technology. And there's limits like on the iPad of screen time limits and trying to go and make sure that it shuts off at a certain time. They can only do certain apps certain times now. Netflix, Disney Plus, limiting the ratings, whatever it is. And then having to have those conversations when you're ready to adjust that. We'll punt down the road. We'll come back and talk about that in a couple of years. But right now we want to be as safe and as things possible. But there's still things we don't like. So there's a big difference for us of Bluey is a show we love. Have y'all watched Bluey on Disney no. Plus? Highly recommend Bluey. It's the new Mr. Rogers, Daniel Tiger, positive message, really good stuff, short, teachable, the way they talk to each other, all those things that we're trying to watch we really like versus like Nora likes a Barbie show and they're a little snarky and they make little comments and they're dating and going through and it's like, man, that show is Y or Y7. It's in your age bracket, but it's not something that we really like. And let's talk about that. Did you hear how Barbie talked to whoever, where the villain character was being mean to somebody? And it is hard, and it's easier just to zone out and not pay attention to it, but it's one of those things of we're trying to have those conversations, and we kind of nudge and encourage things that 
we like and want them to watch and give access to and have that influence over them more than other stuff of just here's the internet figured out. <laughs> right. Right. And and you know, the the way they talk to each other is such a great example because, you know, we've had you know, Luke say certain little phrases um, that, you know, I, I don't want to say that they're they're not disrespectful. They're they're not mean. I mean, there's nothing really that wrong with with a, a kid saying "dang it," right? But you know, the first time it comes out of your precious little child's mouth, you're like, "Whoa, who did you learn that from?" Right? And um, y- you know, if it wasn't me, uh, which you know could could very well be, <laughs> uh, it's it's Scooby Doo or whatever. Right? Um, you know, not. I don't want to say not age appropriate show, but at least not uh, wholesome. Not, not what you not, want. Not fulfilling, right? Uh, uh, show. Um, so, and and you talked about Nora getting getting scared. I mean, Scooby Doo comes comes to mind because Rikes. at one point, you know, Luke wanted to watch Scooby Doo, and 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 he, you remember it differently. Yeah, and and even though it is a Y seven rated show, so I you know shouldn't let my five year old watch it. Maybe um, I thought to myself, it's Scooby Doo, right? I mean, this is classic. Scooby Doo with, with Daphne and Velma <laughs> and all of them, and uh, you know, a couple scary monsters that, of course, are always wearing masks. But you you don't know that till the end of the show. And right. Luke doesn't want to watch Scooby Doo <laughs> anymore. I mean, he's he's voluntarily quit it. So, you know, I, I, we've had some we've had some learning experiences in there. That you know, on one hand, you don't want to be that parent that's you know. I remember when I was 12 being told that I couldn't go to a PG-13 movie and, Me and too. thinking that that was so silly or so restrictive. And, and, you know, I don't want to be that parent. But at the same time, I mean, you know, you want to be the parent that's letting your, your five, six, seven-year-old, uh, you know, wake up in the middle of the night terrified because you let them watch some stupid show that they really shouldn't have watched. Yep. You know I mean? Only myself to blame for it, but Absolutely. I've learned that lesson. <laughs> it's tough. My best friend's birthday party in seventh grade, they were going to see Austin Powers, and my mom wouldn't let me go. Oh. I still look back on that and was very upset at that time, but that my parents were looking out. As a parent, now you understand. You want to protect and not expose them to stuff they don't need to be seen or thinking about. It's it's something, Stephen. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. No. <laughs> No. And then this summer, we have some neighbor kids now that Nora's old enough to play with neighborhood kids, and literally Every day, <laughs> Monday through Friday, the kid was coming to our house to wanting to play. And I really think they just locked her outside every day. <laughs> and so there's an opposite end of that spectrum where you're not getting any technology. We're going to make you completely be outside, never go and do anything. And I don't know. I think it could work, but I think it would be detrimental for the way the world works for using technology and trying to teach our kids of how to do it well versus just take it all away and let's all go throw it in a fire and hit it with hammers and there's no technology in the house, period. And I don't know where that line is, and we're trying to figure it out constantly, but I think I think it's harder to be intentional and to have those conversations and to do it, and that's why people want to go to the extremes, right? It's just free reign, do whatever you want, or it's nothing, we're taking it all away, we're throwing the TV out, and we're only going to read books. I, I agree, and I feel like, you know, to some extent we focused a little bit on, you know, the, the more negative sides of technology or, or to restricting um, technology, and I, I admit that iPad that I'm really afraid of right now has taught my kid a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, he has, you know, the simple little app called Teacher Monster to Read, which um, has... Nora loves this. Yeah, has legitimately really helped 
teach him to It's read. a game, but it's fun. They like it, and it's really educational. And he loves it. Absolutely loves it. When I was a kid, it was Reader Rabbit. Do you remember Reader Rabbit? I never had Reader okay, Rabbit. Okay, I had it on floppy disk. <laughs> oh, on the save button. That's right. Yeah. That's um, what that icon means, kids. Yeah. Nobody's, it's parents listening, but they'll laugh because <laughs> the save icon looks like a floppy disk, and kids don't know what that is. Exactly. And, and um, you know, there's a uh, we, we have a child's Bible story app on there yeah. that, that reads... Bible stories uh, and, and has some Bible story animations that um, has helped and, and taught Luke uh, age-appropriate Bible stories. So, you know, it, I'm not knocking it one bit. Um, it's certainly just, uh, you know, I think maybe my human nature, I'm a little bit of a pessimist to be to be focused on some of the more negative aspects. And I'm just a big old optimist, Stephen. <laughs> that's are. why we're a good I'm good team. <laughs> I really wish I had it in me. I just want to believe the best. And I'm an online pastor. We're using this technology right now to put this in your ears wherever you're listening to it on a podcast. There's a lot of good that technology can do, but it's a tool. It's like anything else. It's not inherently good or bad. People have intentions and want to use it to harm or to make money or take advantage of kids. And it's our job as the parents to try to guide that, to influence, to make it, it's a constant adjustment versus just a one-size-fits-all. That's why I appreciate you coming on to talk today. Any final thoughts, any closing things, anything we didn't get to? Um, you know, one of the things that you asked me about was, uh, was or, or in the, the notes you sent me, was technology fails. Oh, all right. And, and uh, luckily, you know, we haven't had any good ones. I mean, <laughs> big any, ones. Any big <laughs> ones yet. But, but I tell you what, it doesn't matter what, child song my son asks Alexa to play it's always going to come back with some sort of hardcore gangster rap <laughs> every time <laughs> every time and I love his little accent look I love Alexa I got I got an Alexa in just about every room of my house I'm sold into the uh into the uh, uh Amazon uh smart lifestyle if they want to sponsor this podcast come ahead exactly right um but but boy, they got to work on their five-year-old voice recognition <laughs> skills because he, he he plays. You know, there's a song that gets played for him at kindergarten that that you know in in class yeah. or something oh, yeah. like that, and and he comes home and he wants to hear the the skipping song or whatever, and and we're like, Angie and I are looking at each other. I don't know the skipping song. Right. You know the skipping song? I don't know. And and he'll go to Alexa and ask Alexa to play the skipping song and. Next thing you know, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a whole <laughs> world full of, full of stuff you shouldn't be listening to. Um, and Angie's literally come out of the room, you know, running to try to stop ripping the plug out of the wall. Uh, now playing, and I, I won't even make up a name here on this uh, uh, lovely. <laughs> we'll Christian, have to beep it, Christian uh-huh. podcast. It'll be the first time you get beeped in this one. But uh, yeah, I can't, I can't trust Alexa to play a song for for my children to save our lives. So be careful out there, parents. There you go. Well, there's two examples I've seen. There was the one where the kid tried to talk to it and it started reading a softcore pornography book that went viral where he was trying to do something to listen to a song like that. And then the other one is the kid that bought like $6,000 worth of ice cream. Did you see that one? I did not. Oh, Steven. The kid goes and found out that his mom would order stuff on Alexa. And so he ordered his favorite ice cream and ended up ordering like two pallets, $6,000 worth. She was a single mom going through grad school and they did it GoFundMe, somebody, and she made like $20,000 and put in a college fund from him. He was on all the big news channels and it was this funny viral story. But after that, I did go put a pass 
password on your Amazon Alexa. So you can go in the app settings if you have them, smart speakers, and make a password before they have to do purchases. I, I'm dying to know, did he get to eat all of the ice cream? It all went, and they passed it out in the neighborhood and gave it away that he couldn't eat. I think oh. he got to eat some, and it ended up being a happy story. But it was bad times there for that mom for a little while. I could only <laughs> That's right. Steven, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having the conversation. You and me talk often, and I appreciate you putting it on a podcast that y'all can judge us. We're not perfect. We're not by any means figuring it out, but I hope this helps somebody, a younger parent, again, an older parent, send it to somebody you know that has younger kids and just remember us, pity us, take, take time to think about it. And we have some great mentor couples and older people in our lives that are doing that for us, and we hope you enjoyed this conversation today. Thanks for having me.